Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Real Life. I'm Lisa, and today we are going to be talking about what to do in a mental health crisis. This podcast is not intended to replace therapy, counseling, or seeing a psychiatrist. All information is researched and opinions are my own. I am a mental health registered nurse and professional content developer. So let's get started and talk about what to do in a mental health crisis. When a mental health crisis occurs, friends and family are often caught off guard, unprepared, and unsure of what to do. The behaviors of a person experiencing a crisis can be unpredictable and change dramatically without warning. If you're worried that you or your loved one is in crisis or nearing a crisis, seek help. Make sure to assess the immediacy of the situation to help determine where to start or who to call. A couple of questions to ask. Is the person in danger of hurting themselves, others, or property? Two, do you need emergency assistance? And three, do you have time to start with a phone call for guidance and support from a mental health professional? A person experiencing a mental health crisis can always clearly communicate their thoughts, feelings, needs, or emotions. They may also find it difficult to, to understand what others are saying. It's important to empathize and connect with the person's feelings. Stay calm and try to de-escalate the crisis. If the following suggestions don't help, seek outside assistance and resources. First, techniques that may help de-escalate a crisis. Keep your voice calm. Avoid overreacting. Listen to the person. Express support and concern. Avoid continuous eye contact. Yes, avoid continuous eye contact. Ask how you can help. Keep stimulation level low. Move slowly. Offer options instead of trying to take control. Avoid touching the person unless you ask permission. Also, be patient. Then, gently announce actions before initiating them. Give the person space. Don't make them feel trapped. Two don'ts. Don't make judgmental comments. And don't argue or try to reason with the person. If you can't de-escalate the crisis yourself, you can seek additional help from uh, mental health professionals. 
uh, they can assess the situation and determine the level of crisis intervention required. If you don't believe there is an immediate danger, call a psychiatrist, clinic nurse, therapist, case manager, or family physician that is familiar with the person's history. This professional can help assess the situation and offer advice, including obtaining an appointment or admitting the person to the hospital. If you can't reach someone, or if it's after hours, uh, and the situation is worsening, consider calling your county mental health crisis unit, crisis response team, or other similar contacts. If the situation is life-threatening or if serious property damage is occurring, don't hesitate to call 911 and ask for immediate assistance. When you call 911, tell them someone is experiencing a mental health crisis and explain the nature of the emergency, your relationship to the person in crisis, and whether there are weapons involved. Ask the 911 operator to send someone trained to work with people with mental illnesses, such as a crisis intervention training officer, or CIT for short. CIT officers are specially trained to recognize and de-escalate situations involving people who have a mental illness. They recognize that people with mental illnesses sometimes need a specialized response and are familiar with the community-based mental health resources they can use in a crisis. You can always ask for a CIT officer when you call 911, although they are not available in all areas. When providing information about a person in a mental health crisis, be very specific about the behaviors you are observing. Describe what's been going on lately and right now. Not what happened a year ago. Be brief and to the point. For example, instead of saying, my sister's behaving strangely, you might say, my sister hasn't slept in three days hasn't eaten anything in over five days, and she believes that someone is talking to, to her through the television. You want to report any active psychotic behavior, significant changes in behaviors, uh, such as not leaving the house, not taking showers. Uh, so again, you want to report any active psychotic behavior, significant changes in behaviors, threats to other people, and increases in manic behaviors or agitations, uh, such as pacing or irritability. Once you call 911, there are two entities that may become involved, medical, first responders, and law enforcement. You need to, to be prepared for both. So your medical and first responders and law enforcement. Now your medical response slash emergency department. 
If the situation can't be resolved on site or it's recommended by first responders or law enforcement, uh, taking your loved one to the emergency department may be the best option. Be aware that if they are transported in a law enforcement vehicle, usual policy is to use handcuffs. This can be upsetting for everyone involved, but may be the only option you have at the time. You may also be allowed to transport them in your vehicle, or they may be transported via ambulance. Remember, once first responders arrive, you are not in control of these decisions. The most important thing is to get to a medical facility for evaluation and treatment as soon as possible. A visit to the emergency department doesn't guarantee admission. Admission criteria vary and depend on medical necessity as determined by a physician and insurance coverage. Be prepared for an emergency department visit to be lengthy, likely several hours or more. Bring anything that may help the person who is in crisis stay calm, like books, music, games, things like that. Some hospitals will not allow these type of items, uh, depending on the type of crisis and if the person is um, destroying property or threatening others. So please keep that in mind. Some hospitals have separate psychiatric emergency units. They're typically quieter and are staffed by mental health professionals and practitioners. Check to see if there is one in your area. Then make sure to bring any relevant medical information, including the names and doses of any medications and your crisis kit if you have one. Let's talk about law enforcement response. When the law enforcement officer arrives, provide them with as much relevant and concise information about the person as you can. Uh, for instance, their diagnosis, their medications, hospitalization history, previous history of violence, suicide attempts, or criminal charges. If the person has no history of violent acts, be sure to point this out. Share the facts efficiently and objectively and let the officer decide the course of action. Remember that once 911 has been called and officers arrive on the scene, you don't control the situation. Depending on the officers involved and your community, they may actually take the person to jail instead of an emergency room. Law enforcement officers have broad discretion in deciding when to issue a warning, make an arrest, or refer for evaluation and treatment. You can request and encourage 
the officers to view the situation as a mental health crisis. Be clear about what you want to have happen without disrespecting the officer's authority. But remember, once 911 is called and law enforcement officers arrive, they determine if a possible crime has occurred and they have the power to arrest and take a person into custody. Law enforcement can and often will call mental health resources in your community. Nearby supports and services may assist in deciding what options are available and appropriate. If your loved one is not admitted to treatment and the situation worsens, don't be afraid to call for help again. The situation can be reassessed and your loved one may meet the criteria for hospital admission later, even though they initially did not. Next, let's talk about family reactions. Feelings, reactions, and responses to mental health emergencies vary from family to family and person to person within each family. Family members may feel confusion and disorientation, isolation, distancing or denial, extreme fatigue, guilt based on the mistaken assumption that the parents are to blame. Fear for the safety of the individual, the family, and society. Anger that such an awful thing has happened to, to the loved one and family. Or frustration over the lack of access to services and treatment facilities. Or possibly outrage at mental health professionals because parents, close relatives, and or the patient wasn't listened to. They can also have concern that may be judged or criticized by friends, relatives, and colleagues outside the immediate family circle. They may be exhausted from being on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. They may have a desire to escape the stress by leaving or even abusing substances. So, when calling 911 for a mental health emergency, you want to remember these three things. Remain calm. Explain that your loved one is having a mental health crisis and is not a criminal. And lastly, Ask for a crisis intervention team officer, if available, which is CIT. The 911 operator will ask, what is your name? What is the person's name? Their age? Description? Where the person's current location is. Where are they right now? And then whether the person has access to a weapon. 
and some information you may need to communicate their mental health history, their diagnoses, medications, current and discontinued, how many suicide attempts they've had, and current threats, prior violence, current threats again, uh, drug use, contributing factors, uh, what are some of their current stressors, what has helped in the past, are they having any delusions, hallucinations, loss of touch with reality? Here are some tips for while you wait for help to arrive. So while you're waiting for, for help to arrive, if you don't feel safe at any time, you need to leave the location immediately. However, if you feel safe staying with your loved one or the person until help arrives, you want to announce all of your actions in advance. You want to use short sentences. You want to be comfortable with silence. Allow your loved one to pace or move freely. You want to offer options. For example, do you want the lights off? You want to reduce stimulation from TV, bright lights, loud noises. And a don't is don't disagree with the person's experience. These are just some of the basics to help you if you're ever confronted with a mental health crisis. This is Real Life. I'm Lisa. Stay well.